Welcome to another edition of the Seed Time Money Podcast. I'm your host, Bob Lodick. This is where we help you transform your financial life using timeless biblical principles. Hey, everybody. I am excited today. We have Mark Hall, who wrote this book called Spiritual Wealth. It's a guide, and I like how he said this, a 40-day journey to developing a stewardship mindset. Stewardship is one of those really important topics for Christians when it comes to money. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. Mark, thanks for taking the time to chat today. It is great being here. I love talking about this subject with you. This is a topic that is really important, and I think a lot of Christians just miss it. I think there's a lot to learn here, which is why I'm glad you wrote this. Let's talk first about stewardship as a whole. Can you give us your basic definition for what that means and what that means for believers? Stewardship as a whole, I believe, is meant to encompass everyday life. And I think it gets messed up sometimes in the way that it's taught or not taught at all in churches. And that a lot of times we talk about stewardship when it's time to raise money or pay off something or buy something. And so we get that, oh, my goodness, we're talking about stewardship today. And that is so not what God wants it to be in our Mm -hmm. lives. It's not just about money is a big part of it, but it's not just about money. But it's taking our God-given money, our God-given resources, our God-given gifts, and turning those back around to use for kingdom purposes in some way, shape, or form. And so you can take any aspect of life into something that God has gifted you with and be able to turn it back around to share with someone and share in some way to bring glory to his name. Yeah. So I'm a father of three little kids. And that's been one of those things that since becoming a father, it's like, wow, this is a big, really important area of stewardship that I never even considered before. That's exactly right. And that's what I try to tell folks and, and try to get them to understand is that, listen, a, as a husband, the family mm-hmm. that, that God has gifted me with, with, with the wife, that he, the wonderful wife uh, that he's gifted me with, the three kids, they are my responsibility to help mold and to help lead in the word of God. And that is stewarding my family. I, I'm a manager of his gifts to me. All right. So talk to me, practically speaking a little bit, because we're all on a journey here, you know, you've gone through a journey in this and we're continuing to learn and grow in our faith and in this whole stewardship thing, like practically what ideas or what things have you done? I don't know, to just kind of move forward down this path and becoming a better steward of what God has entrusted you with. Does anything come to mind? Well, I think from a couple of different aspects for my everyday life, it's just becoming more aware of opportunities that I had before but either I wasn't in connection with the spirit, so I didn't even recognize them, or I was, I hate to say selfish attitude, but in a place where I didn't want to to be bothered with some of the extra activity it may take or something outside of just myself and and my everyday life in that I recognize opportunity, but just let it go to the wayside. And what I'm trying to do, what I think I've gotten better at, and hopefully that's a sign of spiritual maturity on my side, is seeing those opportunities and finding a way to work those along, but also looking and asking for opportunities. Where can I give? Where, how can I do things that maybe I haven't done before uh, that can allow me to, to be a better steward for you? Yeah, that's good. I have a handful of questions here, just kind of picking through, you know, because essentially you have a 40-day devotional here. That's mm-hmm. pretty much what it is. And I love that, all these little short chapters. This is a question I get a lot uh, when it comes to stewardship, when it comes to kind of balancing how much I should keep for myself versus how much I should give. Hopefully we all understand this isn't a black and white thing and that I think God Mm -hmm. has different things for all of us, but curious how you would answer that question if somebody is asking, well, 
how much should I spend on myself? Like how, or how do I figure out where to draw that line? Do you have any advice? Well, first of all, I do let folks know that there is not a verse in the Bible that you can go to that says, Bob, you are to spend X amount of dollars on your lifestyle yeah. during this month. It's just not there. And that's because he has given to each of us in different ways, in different amounts, and uh, through gifts, through through money, through whatever that may be. He, he has decided for whatever reason that he has chosen to, that, that, that we all live different lives in that way. But what I think can help in that situation is that, and I know in listening to some of your stuff, I know you deal with this a lot with the folks that you're talking to and helping along the path, is that we kind of get the siphon of how the money comes out of the bank account each month. We get that upside down a lot mm-hmm. to where if if you're spending on lifestyle first and then you're deciding, hey, let me make sure that I pay my bills and pay my taxes because we don't want to go to jail and we don't want folks to take <laughs> our stuff away. Yeah. But I, I'm doing those things and I'm, then I'm, I'm spending on everything I want to spend on. Well, you get to the end of the month and you haven't given anything. You haven't saved anything. And most likely, if you're living that lifestyle, you might even be at a negative cash flow at the end of the month. So you're actually behind where you were before you got paid a few yeah. weeks ago. <laughs> the whole thing with this is that we have to invert that. And for folks to understand, if the Spirit is guiding your life there, it's not going to be certain amounts for each person that we can say, this is the rule. But you're going to know if the Spirit is guiding you that, hey, let's turn that upside down and say, instead of spending a lifestyle first, let's make that what we spend on what's left over after we give, after we save, after we pay our taxes, which we should be happy to pay in most cases. And then lifestyle comes next, because the only way to grow and to reach your financial goals over time is to increase your margin. And the only way to do that is to spend less than what you got. And I think if you can start changing the attitude of what we look at as our focus and our mindset, it all comes back to mindset and perspective. That's why I talk about a stewardship mindset. My website is stewardshipmindset.com for a reason. It's all about focus and what's important to us and how we're looking at it. What point of view are we coming from? And I think that helps tremendously. Yeah, that's really good. All right. So one of the chapters in here, you were talking about the small things. Let's just talk a little bit about this. Why do you think God cares about small things? Well, I think he gives us the example in the Bible that says, listen, if you can't handle the little things that I that I gift you with, I'm not going to reward you with bigger things. If you can't handle your responsibility, think about a father, a father and son, a father and child relationship. And it's you know, it's so great. I, I lead a men's class at church and it's so many examples of the Bible come back to God and us as us and our kids mm-hmm. as well. And so if my child is not showing responsibility and that they can't show me that they can be trusted with what I'm giving to them, I'm not going to give them more and trust them yeah. with more. And that's God's perspective, too. I, I'm giving you examples and I'm, I'm giving you times in your life to kind of to kind of try you a little bit and yeah. for, for you to be able to see, hey, can I trust you with what I'm giving you? Because what God has given us is very precious in that he's given us the ability to, to share the kingdom with others. Are you spending your, your dollars and your gifts and your resources in a way that pleases me and is not just concerned about pleasing yourself? Yeah. Yeah. And I think as you're saying, talking about this analogy, the father and son thing, I can't help but think like with my, with my son, six years old at this point and uh, he wants to keep riding his bike in the street and like, no, you're going to stay on the sidewalk. And it's this exact same thing of you haven't proven to me that every time you go out in the street, that you're actually looking both ways. And so it's incredibly dangerous for me to let you go out on the street. And 
money is the same way. Like there is so much danger. That's why the Bible has so many warnings against wealth, just because it's dangerous and it can destroy us unless we have that proper heart position with it. And um, so anyway, that analogy just seems really potent and strong. How many times have you tried to tell your children, Bob, I just know better. I've Mm -hmm. been there. I've lived this. I made that mistake. I don't want you to make the mistake too. And I don't want you to get hurt in the process as well. And that's all God is trying to tell us is, listen, I've given you scripture. I've given you all these warnings and all these principles, not rules, but principles to live by because it's not the specific dollar amounts, but the principles to live by. And that's the beautiful thing is whether you are black or white, old or young, married or not, children or not married, everything that we talk about from a stewardship perspective in the Bible is good for you and it Mm -hmm. fits you. These are transcendent principles that were good a thousand years ago that are good today and will be good until Jesus comes back. Yep. So this is another piece of the stewardship pie is, and for me, this is a revelation that hit home a long time ago. And so I tend to forget this, um, forget that some people don't recognize this, but just this idea that it's all God's, that everything is God's, every dollar is his. And like we're saying, we're stewards of it. We're managers of the stuff that is not ours. And so what advice do you have to somebody who is just kind of getting that aha, that revelation and how do you practically apply that to -to day-to-day life? What does that look like for you? Well, I think again, you're coming back to mindset and focus that we're talking about earlier. When you Mm -hmm. change your mindset and you think about things from God's perspective and him saying, listen, look at what I've allowed you to to manage for the time being. Here's kind of the principles and the rules that I have for you that I want you to, to do with that. When we start getting outside of our own desires and outside of our selfish nature, because listen, my, my flesh is strong, Bob. It knows what it likes. It yeah, knows what it wants. <laughs> and it's very natural because that's the way we're built and designed is to want to grab for ourselves and do for ourselves and maybe not think of others first. But when we think of God's perspective, Jesus came to live a life on earth for a lot of different reasons. And one of those I really truly feel like was to show us that as he lived as truly man and truly God, he gave us a perfect example of how we should live, of how we should make decisions. And so even though he doesn't give us every particular topic, every specific thing you may go through, there's a lot of ways to infer based on situations he went through that you can see this is how he would want me to act in the situation. He would want me to think of you first. He would want me to make sure that I am thinking of not just taking care of my family, but how can I, if that's above and beyond what I really need, how can I use that for somebody else? And it's all about the perspective. And you talk about the little things in that I'm not talking about grand gestures where you're going out and spending thousands of dollars on somebody. But it's the simple things like buying a meal for someone without them knowing anonymously uh, inside of the restaurant, doing something nice and extraordinary. It is amazing how much a small gesture can mean to someone. And if if you are in a place where the spirit is urging you and prompting you and you're, you're feeling that and understanding that, and then you're able to sometimes take a very uncomfortable step and saying, all right, let, let me see where, where he's leading me, because it's hard. It's hard to get out of that comfort zone. Yeah. But man, let me tell you, I guarantee you blessings upon blessings when you get into that mode of what can I do next? Because that's where you'll get to. Yeah. What can I do next? Now, exactly. that's how I think it goes into everyday life in that it becomes a part of who you are. And it will rub off on everybody around you and they will notice something different. And just by you acting that way and feeling that and acting on the prompting of the spirit, you are going to draw attention to yourself because people will ask you, 
what are you doing? What, why are you different? Because that is different. Yeah. Stewardship is different it's than weird. what we see in yeah. this world. Doing yeah. something for somebody else is not the natural thing to see or do around our times. Yeah. I remember reading uh, in here, you talked about an example of that where you were at a restaurant, you saw a woman, you just felt like you were supposed to buy her meal without saying anything. And so you just went and did it. And that's like what you're talking about, right? Just these little things where you get to be used by God and have that sense of satisfaction and the fun and the thrill that comes with it. Listen, you're not supposed to sneak around and do a lot of things. This is a pretty cool thing. <laughs> yeah. If you're finding ways yeah. to give and you're not doing it for the glory and you're not doing it so someone else will see. And, and I, I hate to almost use some of those examples because it sounds like you're kind of patting yourself on the back. But I just try, you know, it's a writer. You try to give examples of what yeah. you've experienced in no, your exactly. life. Pick what it is that God is urging you to do and go do it, because I promise you it is contagious. And it's something that not only do you need to be doing, but that was important to me because in that example, my teenage daughter was with me mm-hmm. as well. And so it gave me a chance to explain to her when you, there's kind of a, I'll go back to a question you asked a little while ago, everyday life of how do I, how do you show this? I think part of the responsibility we have as dads and as parents is that we're supposed to teach our kids what stewardship means as well. And yeah. it's through examples that are age appropriate when they can understand it, that they can get a feel for this must be something important to mom and dad. And so when you're not here anymore and you pass on that life insurance money or that retirement money, you're hoping they're not going to blow it within a year or two like so many kids do. Yeah. Uh, and so many families where it happens like that, you want to instill those values of what did mom and dad do all, you know, throughout your life? And you know, I give the example of my kids will never see me put money in an offering plate because I tithe online. <laughs> And so it, they don't even see that when they're in church. And so you have to be, you have to be very attentive to how can I show them? How can I teach them different ways to do that? Yeah, that's good. Let's talk a little bit about debt elimination and how this works in ties in with stewardship. Because obviously we live in a country where a lot of people have debt. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean to you? How do these pieces connect and tie together? Well, I think it goes along too with how we're managing our resources. And if you are tied into a very large debt that you may have, whether it be a mortgage or credit cards or whatever the case may be, those are dollars that you can never get back that you're paying towards this debt month after month, year after year after year. And it's limiting you to the amount of good that you can do with these resources in Mm -hmm. so many other ways. And we're actually going through something at church right now is we're paying off debt called the Freedom Campaign. And I love the name of that because once we get that eliminated, we have so much freedom at that point. We have money that that is now surplus to what we really need to be able to say, where can we go do good? And it is the same thing in just being agile and just being able to move where the Spirit prompts you and having that freedom to be able to do that. I think it is it is such a big deal to eliminate that from your life because even though the Bible, it is not a sin to have debt. And I try to make that clear with everybody I talk to. It's not a sin to have debt. But is there a truer verse in the Bible than the fact that you were a slave to the lender as long as you have debt? And as long as you have a mortgage with that bank, you are a slave. You're a slave to that bank because that's your dollars have to go there first or they're going to take your house. I mean, it's pretty simple. And so you're stuck in that situation. And in everyday management, it's trying to get folks to understand, listen, we didn't get here overnight, but let's make a plan that gets us where we need to be over time. 
and start breaking that down and saying, okay, what's our goals? And then start setting goals to get out of that situation so that we can get back to where we need to be, where we can then give more to retirement, to savings, to giving, or all the above. And it's, yeah. But it's just having that freedom to be able to do that. Yeah. I appreciate you taking the time to come hang out and talk about all this. Definitely go check out his book, Spiritual Wealth, Great Devotional. What are they? It seems like three or four pages per day, super easy read. And by the end of it, you will be in a really good position with better understanding stewardship. Definitely check that out. Uh, Mark, thank you again for coming to hang out. Appreciate you, brother. Hey, listen, I appreciate it so much. And listen, if folks want to catch up with me, I try to be pretty active on social media at Stewardship Author on Facebook and on Instagram. And at stewardshipmindset.com is the website. So I'd love for you to check that out. Of course, the book's available on Amazon as well, too. All right. Well, I hope you found this helpful. And yeah, I'd just love to hear what your thoughts are on all that. And also, if you have any other suggestions for podcasts that you would like to hear, let me know over on Twitter or reach out to me over on the website, ctime.com. Have a great rest of your day. Be blessed. And I'll see you next time.